Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all your many blessings, Lord, but especially this day. We give you thanks for the gift of life and for the gift of the dignity that you have given to us in Christ, which makes us your sons and daughters and gives us a reason to live. Lord God, we ask you to send your spirit to be with us this day, to guide us so that in all things that we do, you might be glorified for the building up of your kingdom and for the spreading of the gospel. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Excited today to have Father Brian Harrington. He is the priest at Our Lady of Sacred Heart in Church Point and St. John Chapel in Lewisburg. Lewisburg, the which metropolis. I don't know where that's at. <laughs> the metropolis of Lewisburg, yes. Welcome to the show, Father. Excited to have you here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I have now been a priest almost nine years now. I... Uh, was ordained back in 2013, and uh, since then I was first in uh, Ville Platte, then I was in Abbeville, and then for about five and a half years I was in Coteau as pastor over there. But since last summer, since last July, I've been over at Our Lady of Sacred Heart in St. John. So Cajun Catholics is right up your alley. I mean, that's what it sounds like. You're all exactly, over. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um, yeah, so I uh, was ordained back in 2013, but before then I, uh, from born and raised in Lafayette, went to Cathedral Carmel, which was my home parish Go as Tigers. well. Yeehaw. And um, then went to STM, graduated, and then I went right into seminary. Crazy idea. I know. I just jumped right in. And I decided pretty quickly that this is definitely what God was calling me to. And then so fast forward nine years, boom. Here wow. I am. Here I am. So campus ministry? So uh, uh, yeah. so amazingly, uh, I was listening to some of your other podcasts that you mm-hmm. had before, and Miss Laura Lahe was on one of these yes. earlier on. She had a huge role in my personal discernment and, and, and spiritual growth as a young person, along with Michael Keefe and... Um, Boy, those names keep coming all those, up. All those kind of guys, yeah. you know. Uh, those guys had a lot to help me grow in uh, my development. So so after so I went on a, a big retreat with Michael Keefe, and, and that was kind of whenever the whole priesthood thing started rolling for me. And uh, it wasn't like this big dramatic thing, but it but wasn't just, a flash of light. I uh, know, it wasn't no. so... Sometimes people have these huge stories. Yeah. Mine's just it's just one of those things where I just grew up in a good family with great parents who were faithful, who who uh, just showed and preached the gospel more by uh, example than by just like telling us what to do. And uh, it just seemed natural to me to pray and to kind of grow into it. And so whenever the Lord called me to be a priest, it seemed like okay, well, you know, I'll give him first dibs. I'll give him, I'll let him <laughs> decide um, how I'm going to be happy. And so I gave him that little yes, you know, that little. You know, let's go to seminary. Let's go see what's going on. See what it's all about. See where you're moving my heart. And sure enough, this was turns out this is what I was made for. This is mm-hmm. what he called me to be. And so it's been a joy. I uh, one of the things I always tell people, and because it, it's so true, I've heard so many times that if you had a thousand lives to live, I would live every one as a priest. Aww. And that is so definitely true. Awesome. I mean, when I first started, I kind of had glimpses of that. But now that I'm a pastor, I've been a pastor now for about six years. I can definitely see where why those guys who have been pastors for decades uh, awesome. have it. So it's been We're a joy so far. Yeah. So blessed to have you uh, not only on the show, but just in Acadiana and pastoring our good Cajun Catholics. Tell me the difference between Church Point, Coteau, the places you've been. Have you seen a, a difference in the people? Or are they kind of the same? Oh, no, absolutely. There's, yeah. Yeah, there's a major difference in, uh, in just in people. But there's a lot of similarities as well. But um, in terms of like what they do for fun, 
what they do for um, like their how their families are structured and how close they are with their their families. Yeah. It's very different from place to place or how uh, outgoing they are. Some places are very very outgoing. It just seems like everybody's always having everybody over. Mm-hmm. Everybody's always like like there's there's parishes I've been in where I haven't I didn't need a cook <laughs> because I'd always be at people's houses eating their food and getting leftovers. I mean, I would go for That's years. Awesome. And then other parishes are more like, you know, kind of special occasion kind of stuff. You know, so it's kind of in between sometimes. But Favorite Cajun dish? Oh, crawfish etouffee, my I friend. love it. Crawfish <laughs> etouffee. I could live off that stuff. Like, literally, if that's the only thing I could eat, I would probably be okay with that. <laughs> I gained 97 pounds, but I'd be okay. All right. Well, we talked, um, we're kind of in the middle of the Roe versus Wade issue that's that's definitely come up. Uh, it's a national issue and certainly something that's in our, our, our churches and our homes. But I think we should should talk about it a little bit. Give Absolutely. Me your Give me your Absolutely. Take. Whenever I saw the news break last week for us, uh, when it leaked that this decision was bro- breaking, I, at first I thought it was like, no, this can't be right. There's no way. This has never happened before. They don't leak these kind of things. This is like the one branch of government where it's supposed to be above <laughs> politics and above all that kind of stuff. It's it's the court, you know. It's supposed to be blind, right? But sure enough, it's yeah. sure enough, it's legit. It's really it's a first draft, and it seems like it's the majority opinion that Roe v. Wade is garbage and that they finally yeah. figured it out and Alito, god bless him i did some light reading i read it i don't know if you've read it it's it's a uh, it's a, that's not light reading <laughs> compared to some of the other ones it, oh, okay it, 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 so it's about it's about 100 pages long but it's really only like 60 pages long and the, right. the, the next 40 pages the last 40 are like appendices with like footnotes and um, other cases that it talks about so the, so uh, it's a it was a, an incredible document to read and just to see how Alito, God bless him. I don't know what this man is incredible. He's my new hero. Just, just destroyed Roe v. Wade and talked about how just insane it is and how all of the things that it said it was going to do, it never did. Mm-hmm. And now it's time to overturn it and to see how this might happen and it's most likely going to happen. I was just so overwhelmed. I remember feeling like it kind of just hit me that it's been 50 years. Mm-hmm. It's been going on for 50 years. 60, like 5 million children have been legally aborted in our, in our country. And to think that that now will be overturned. And now the decision whether or not we want to murder our children in the wombs is we turn to our to the states. Because mm-hmm. I think that's what it's going to be. It's not going to be this, like this ban federally. It's just going to be each state can determine what it wants. So there still will be plenty of states that are going to be all about you know, you know right. abortion. But I don't think ours is. No, I don't <laughs> I'm think pretty sure so. Louisiana <laughs> It's going no. to be big into like like day one. I think I think we even have something already in place. So when Roe v. Wade gets yeah. overturned, it's going to be immediately boom, Ill, you know, illegal to. Yeah, illegal I think our law is similar to Georgia in the heartbeat law. And um, I had a supernatural experience, I guess, in a dream or whatever it was, and about about this issue uh, a couple of years back, and it involved uh, the the late the governor prior to. Um, and it just was a strange, and, and I, I followed through with it. Dr. David Roy is a big pro-life guy that's sure. a good, good friend of mine. And and, and um, we had, got, had like, in this dream sort of mine, I had to get this message to Governor Jindal. Hmm. And I was like, how am I going to, I don't know Governor Jindal, and it's not really something that's, the, uh, I'm very pro-life, but it's not something that's at the forefront of my life. And so anyway, um, a, a close friend of mine who was at the legislature, um, just, I asked him, I said, look, we need to get this message to him. And and, uh, and he, he, in a very supernatural way, he ran into into, into the governor, the ex-governor, and got the message to him. And, and I don't know if it played any role, but I know our legislature made that yeah. that, that difference. And, exactly. Um, so I feel so blessed that we live yeah. in a state 
where so many people see the inherent dignity of the unborn. Yeah. I mean, many people, I'm sure, in our state don't and are super pro-choice, God bless them, but mm-hmm. there's a vast majority of people in, in our area, especially in our area here in Acadian, <laughs> Acadian with the Cajun Catholics, God's country. Who, who, are so e- who so easily see the value of human beings that just because they happen to be located in the womb doesn't make them somehow not worthy of respect mm-hmm. and dignity and love. And to be able to live in, a, in an area where that's so predominant just makes me so proud, thankful yeah. and, yeah. and proud that mm-hmm. this is, you know, like when this does happen, we're not going to have a huge fight. I'm sure there'll be a few flare-ups in around here and there, yeah. but it's going to be nothing compared to what no. the joy of the people in our area are going to experience knowing that this is, is no longer in our state. And it's something we could certainly be very proud of, like you said. Yeah, another comment. Um, I'm, I don't know where I saw this, but there's a map of the world, of the globe, of all the places that have abortion and, and that don't. And if you ever have seen that, it's like the northern hemisphere is like totally abortion yeah. and yeah. the southern hemisphere is not. Yeah. And it's like the equator is the dividing line. I, I find that amazing. You know, and I, I know that uh, in South in South America and, you know, just all, I don't know, I guess it's more of a Catholic region. I guess, or more Christian region. That's more what it Christian, is. More yeah. Christian regions. Yeah. But it, it's starting to spread too, though. It's, yeah. It's, it's starting to spread, unfortunately, to those places as well. But Take me back to your youth. I went to cathedral and, um, you know, we <laughs> there were things in class that we didn't learn, you know, and we were talking the other day about First Communion and how, mm-hmm. you know, I can remember very distinctly being at cathedral and, and receiving First Communion. Mm-hmm. There are different practices in the Mass that happen from church to church. My wife and I went to Houston to the LSU baseball game recently uh, over a few months ago and and they would do they were doing tinction with the Eucharist oh, yeah, and the yeah. one and so I thought maybe and I've only ever experienced that on a mission trip out of the country. Yeah. What's the deal with that? No, that's that a very popular thing in yeah. not America. <laughs> in not America. Yeah. It's a big deal where yeah, the 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 Eucharist is is tinct, quote unquote into uh, a little little container of the precious blood and then you receive on the tongue uh, usually you yeah, get you can't receive it in your hand because you know, right right so that's a that's a very popular thing so the idea is that there's a um like whenever you receive the eucharist under the form of the host you're receiving the whole body blood soul and divinity of jesus you know it's not like you're only receiving the body or something like that uh, right but it's a more easy to recognize sign whenever you receive it under both species right so if you receive it under the the host and the the precious blood it becomes an easier connection to kind of make that connection in your mind that you're receiving the whole Christ mm-hmm. body blood and body and blood soul and divinity and so it's it's one of those things that's um, it's an incarnational thing and for the people of not America, it's a big deal for them because so in, in my, other countries, it, it's in America we're very white glove. We like yeah. everything. We don't like touching people. It, not not in Louisiana, but like in in America in general, we like kind of right. we're not nice. We Arms stay length. Yeah, we, everybody stays. And so like <laughs> so like receiving on the hand is very important, you know, to us. And you know, every and I feel guilty different. about that. Like I, I've had uh, several priests on the show, and like I should I feel sh- ashamed that I'm receiving it in the hand. And I know that um, I don't know. You know, I guess that's just a question of who. You ask, you know, if a parishioner, some say, "Oh, yeah, you should never do that," and then, but nah. some priests, say, eh. no. I mean, it's, it, what what matters most is what's in your heart and and you your go. and your personal devotion. Okay, you so know. my question is: in church point, can you could you have could you do the tension thing? Is that allowed I don't do by it. the bishop? No, I don't. You could do you could do you it. could we could totally do it, but okay. I just don't do it because our people don't want it. Usually. Right, I understand. And, and then there's a whole whole thing about um, logistically doing it, right? And it slows things down. That's the other thing about 
Catholics and Katie and especially is we don't like mass to be very long. We gotta go. We gotta roll. And so doing intinction would take <laughs> last. Would make mass last about five to ten minutes longer. So because everybody would have to do it, and that would just be the end of the world. Yes. So, yeah, we but have mass, to go evangelize after Father. Exactly, that's what it is. So mass about, starts at, at ten. Yeah, we got to be out of there by like ten, like fifty at the at the latest. You know, we have to go to eleven. It's gonna be. Yeah, I'm gonna be hearing it. So. so a real question: Will we ever see the blood of Christ again? Where people are receiving. Yeah. I doubt it. I and that's doubt terrible. It. I doubt it. I doubt it. It's just well, one, two reasons. One, because of the COVID stuff. And main, the other thing is just, it's just logistically yeah. kind of a thing where everybody, you have to get twice as many extraordinary yeah. ministers. And then there's always the, the heightened risk of spillage. Yeah. And when it's, and it's not a matter of if, it's just when. You know, right. It's going to get spilled on somebody's shirt. And then you're like, oh, what do you do now? Right. You got the pressure of blood on, on this old lady's shirt or on this poor little child's shirt. You know, and then, yeah. and then you know, it, it's just one of those things where it's just I logistically. Um, COVID messed up everything. And COVID, you know? and the COVID thing, and people are just not going to be comfortable drinking after each other. So. Yeah. I went, I go to pious adoration on Friday mornings. And, uh, and when COVID happened, they just deposed the Eucharist as if Jesus was going to catch it, you know. And so I was like, <laughs> so upset about that and my wife got mad at me because I, I put it in an email that hey you know this is when we need Jesus you know this is when we need to continue yeah. adoration but anyway yeah, that's for another day I, I want to remind our listeners you're listening to Cajun Catholics and today's guest is Father Brian Harrington he is the pastor at Our Lady of Sacred Heart in Church Point tell me more about St. John Chapel uh, how, what's that about yeah, so St. John's in a little town called Lewisburg. It's always been attached to Church Point. It's a mission chapel. Um, okay. We have Mass there once a, once a week and uh, on Saturdays at 5.30. And so wonderful little church. A lot of great people out there in Lewisburg. A lot of farmers, you know, nice. that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's a wonderful little community. Yeah. I go to Mass uh, sometimes in, in Stevensville where my fishing camp is. And I don't know if, you know, there's there's a little mission church called St. Rosalie. And it's we take the boat to Mass. I took the boat to Easter Sunday Mass. That's pretty cool <laughs> that'd be fun yeah. that'd be fun yeah okay. so tell me in your family other than your parents like did you know your grandparents and did, did a lot of your faith come there yeah so yeah. both my grandfathers passed when i was an infant so i never 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 really knew them um but my paternal and maternal uh grandmothers uh had a major influence in my life my paternal grandmother died when i was in seminary but she was, uh, and she was a Baptist actually, because my my dad's side of the family is, is super Baptist, mm-hmm. and um, part of my conversion, or not conversion, but part of my my story of becoming a priest is my dad's conversion to Catholicism, um, and so I got to hang out with her a lot, and uh, she was an angel. We call her Mimi. <laughs> she was a sweetie. Uh, but uh, my other grandmother, my maternal grandmother, uh, was a Trahan. Uh, before she got married, and her she and her family were super Catholic, <laughs> like uber Catholic. In fact, her oldest brother was a priest in, oh. in uh, the Archdiocese of uh, New Orleans before he passed away back in the mid-50s. And um, so her family, and she is uber-Catholic. And it's yeah. like she was the one who would teach the altar servers all their prayers in Latin wow. back in the day. When she, when so she is, she to this day, she knows all those She's prayers. She's real deal. So she is um, super-Catholic, and uh, she's still kicking kicking it today just 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 uh she lives actually out in lafayette now so uh we get to see her all the time nice tell me more about your father's conversion yes that was a big thing so my sophomore year in high school dad decided that he was gonna give this whole catholic thing a shot so he went to rcia just to kind of see what's going on and almost immediately he was hooked like almost immediately once he started hearing the claims that the catholic church made about faith and about about our lord and about um the sacraments in particular Dad was just immediately hooked, so he just kept going back and going back and going back. And every time he would go back on these, uh, 
he would come back and he would like just be beaming mm. with just like this newfound just knowledge about the glory of the grace that's available to all of us as Catholics. And um, and so I'm a, I've been going to Catholic school my whole life. You know, I went to cathedral. I went to STM. So I'm, I know all the stuff that he's talking about. Like, I've been knowing right. it since I was a child. And he's just telling it, selling it for the first time. And, and like him talking about the Eucharist and about his confession and about, um, about all those things especially – it just kind of shook me a little bit just to see the joy that came That's from beautiful. him, um, especially when it came to the, uh, I'll never forget, confession was the big one for him. Like, he just couldn't get up. He's just like, so you're telling me. Like, I remember, you, you're telling me that you could just go in for free. It's not like a big thing. <laughs> for free. Like, you don't have to, like, make an appointment. or I'm like, you could if you want. But, I mean, yeah, but you just go. You confess your sins. The priest can't ever say anything to anyone ever under any circumstances. It's completely anonymous, and he's not going to judge you negatively later, Right. Right, and all your sins are forgiven, and you're given new grace to go back out into the world and to avoid those sins. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, and he's just like, how come people don't do this all the time? How come the line's not out the door all the time? I'm like, ah, that's a good question, Daddy. Oh, I don't know. I mean, but if you go to the cathedral, Julie is pretty, uh, pretty. The college full. kids get it. They go, man, they get it. I'm they telling go. you, they stand in line. I, I was on a mission trip with my daughter uh, a few years back, and they, they're just like beating down the walls to get the confession. And I'm like, what are these kids confessing? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, well, had your dad ever did confession with you? Yes, he did one wow. time. I think he did one time. Maybe. That's powerful. I think he did, yes. That was fun. But, uh, yeah, in fact, there's a, there's a tradition when a priest um, becomes a priest. He, I don't know if you ever noticed. No. When a priest becomes a priest, gets two, gets two special gifts. One is a, it's a cloth that you put your hands on that have been recently uh, oiled up. Okay. At the con- and, that, and you put this like little cloth in between it, and you wipe that oil, that charisma oil, on it, and you give that to your mother. Oh, nice. So that's kind of like her gift. And then um, then you give your dad a stole that you heard your first confession with, and usually it's him. Oh, man. And so you, like, after you hear your confession, you give it to him as a sign, because the stole is a sign of authority, uh, and so you kind of give it to him as the as the father of the, of the, of the home, as a, as a way of thanking him. for That is good stuff. So, so yeah, so I gave him my uh, little stole, yeah. I have and the to- idea is when you die, you're buried with it. Oh, man. And then you get to show Jesus, hey, this is one of my sons was a priest here. Yeah. You know, and you give it back to him. Yeah. You know what's come up lately with a lot of Catholics? I don't know, Frank, people I hang with, it, 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 there, there's like this trend to do... Um, to do uh, cremation, mm-hmm. uh, and I know the Catholic Church is supposedly okay with that, yeah. right? I mean, uh, but I I don't know. I've, I just noticed in the world that that I live in, everyone's talking about that. I mean, why do you feel about that? So as long as the cremains don't get like spread out in the duck blind, right, right, or like in Disney World, which could happen, or like on the beach, or so, or like or another big popular one is uh, you take the cremains and you like put them in a plant. And then, like, the plant grows through the cremains. And so, like, the idea is, like, you become a part of the tree Lord. or something. You know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 we have problems with that, right? Yeah, that's that's I weird. Get it. That's weird because, you know, we want to be uh, respectful of human remains and not put them in, like, the ocean or something. You know, put mm-hmm. them in a, in a container, you know, put them in a mausoleum or, or a little crypt somewhere. Um, so that's, there's no problem with that. If it's, okay. But if it's being scattered, that's silly. And it's, it's a problem because what it is, it's, it's just desecration of the remains of human mm-hmm. people. And we have this inherent dignity we should always be kept intact and whole right yeah. some people what they like to do what i've been seeing um is they like to take like little like they'll do the cremains and then like they'll divide it up into these little lockets mm. or these little um little vials and they'll give it to the family members so like you can like wear it around your neck that's all. a no-fly and so you can have like a little bit of your grandma <laughs> with you at all times you're like well look she's with you at all times wow. regardless of whether or not 
you have yeah. a bit of her ashes in, in a little locket under your under your neck. You know, it's just it's just kind of creepy. That no way. good, no and good. It, I understand. Uh, so. I always ask the guests, and 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 I'll share with you too. Also, like things that that you learn about your Catholic faith that you didn't maybe know, and and I know you. It seems like anyway that you read a lot. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I figured that. <laughs> that's so what we do. That's so what I we, could tell that's what if we you do. read that Roe versus Wade thing. That's a lot. That's some heavy reading. It's fine. Huh? So uh, you know, one of the things I learned the story of Susanna, the Bible story uh, in the Old Testament, um, is not in the other Bibles. I knew that you know Tobit and certain others were oh, right. only in our Bible, but but uh, I believe it's in in Daniel, and there's only twelve chapters maybe in the in, right, in right. the other Bibles and. And the Catholics have thirteen and fourteen, right. I believe. Right. So that kind of blew my because I was asking some people at work. I love that it was in the readings last week, and I was talking about the story, how much I enjoyed it. And they're like, my friends that are non-Catholic are going, I don't know that story. I'm right, like, right. Like, you don't know your Bible. Well, they don't have a full Bible. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So anyway, that was one for me. But uh, tell me what you're reading and, and what you picked up lately. So right now, I am reading. Let's see. Well, I have many different categories. <laughs> so I have fun books. And I have um, like like theology books, right? Right, right? So, secular, non secular, or philosophy books, mm-hmm. right? So um, actually, right now, I am reading. Um, I'm finishing the Lord of the Rings right now. Oh yeah. Um, so I have this thing where I um, I start reading it on the day that Frodo leaves uh, the Shire, mm-hmm. and then I try to finish it. But I, I, you know, so it finishes on March 25th. So I'm kind of behind, but I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah. But uh, so I'm finishing that up now. But uh, so that's fun. Yeah. So Frodo leaves in August, and then he comes back and he finishes it in, in, in um, on on March 25th, Feast of the Annunciation. Nice. Um, and uh, so I try to read it at least once every other year. That's my deal. I read it once every even year because uh, I just love a huge Tolkien fan, huge Lord of the Rings guy. Been have been for a very long time now. So I, I always love doing that. But right, but right now though, that's that's my Lord of the Rings. Okay. That's, that's my fun book. All right. But right now, I'm actually in the middle of the Confessions of Saint Augustine. Ah. Um, and that's another one I've been reading a lot. Um, okay. I've read that one several times because it's it's definitely my, if not my favorite, it's one of my top two or three favorite books. And so I'd always try to read that one a lot because it's one of those books where um, there's always something new to discover in it, even though we might have read it a few times. It's so rich and it's so filled with incredible insights and, and it's so well written. So relate to the layperson uh, something out of confessions that, that you, you can convey to our audience. So the big thing, is, so those of you who don't know, St. Augustine's Confessions is like the first autobiography, basically. Mm-hmm. Like he invented the, the category of writing a, a book about yourself. Other people might write about you, but the idea of writing your own book uh, was kind of at least popularized by him uh, for the first time. And the big thing that I always get out of it, that well, that I'm getting out of it recently, though, is that this idea that, for St. Augustine especially, I think it's very obvious in his life, you could see it, but is that we could try to mess God up, <laughs> and we can do a really good job of messing his plan for up, up in our life. But if we just like, just like a little bit of of just like just a quarter of a fraction of an inch of just going along with God's plan, just a sliver of it, <laughs> it can it can open up a tidal wave of grace and a tidal wave of change. Just to just to you know like, and the way it works, and even and even whenever you're trying to mess it all up by by disregarding everything that, that you might have learned or everything that you're supposed to be doing, quote unquote, even while you're doing that, God can still be be uh, turning in your life and still working. So, and, that, and that's the thing I, I'm kind of seeing is that God is like relentlessly 
interested in getting us to be with him forever. In pursuit of us. In pursuit of us. Like he is, like he is always after us. Like he never gives up on us. Where we might even give up on ourselves. I saw many times you could see it where Saint Augustine basically gave up on on himself, and he so there he is lost. He's the prodigal son. He is he is nothing. And to see that even like in those circumstances, God is still working to try to draw us back by the smallest of little things that might get us thinking of a few things. And it could be like the most insignificant, crazy thing. I'm going to give you an insignificant but, one. That, but, it, yeah. but, it, but it turns into incredible yeah, things yeah. eventually, right? So yesterday I, I'm playing golf and I hate golf. And uh, <laughs> and I'm with the guy and he's really a good golfer and, you know, whatever. And I'm like, hey, I have a trivia question for you. Like, what is our cart number? Do you know, like we're riding in the cart? No, he didn't know. You know, I said, well, we said, well, why does it matter? And I said, well, you know, just for me, like that's how the Holy Spirit communicates to me with like in numbers. That's one way. Okay. And uh, so, you know, you know, I, we looked at our card number and we laughed and I don't know, you know, if it meant anything much to him, but, but it does. And, and sometimes it really does like numbers for me, you know, lead me in directions, do, doves, you know, the Holy Spirit's communicating with me sure. constantly colors even, you know, but I'm with you on that. And, uh, you know, the Kentucky Derby was recently, oh, and, yeah. oh, my goodness, the longest shot in the race won, and I had it. <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> I did. I did. I'm proud of myself that's for that. That's awesome. And uh, I do like horse racing. But I was that's a great story. And just to see that that horse was not even supposed to be in the race. Right. You're and right it just it's inspired me, you know. So there I think go, that's man. cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Just a couple of minutes left on the show. Just a joy to have you here Let today. Me, uh, yeah. One of the big things that, um, especially in the light of this Roe v. Wade stuff, uh, might be overturned is that though you know especially if you're on Twitter or on Facebook or whatever you could just see all the vitriol that's out there with all the craziness and all these people who are just like losing their minds about this whole uh, Roe v. Wade thing um, I think it's more important than ever to have a strong argument like a basic strong argument of why you believe we shouldn't murder babies in the, in the womb right why we shouldn't have abortions and it needs to be based on not faith because as Christians, we can definitely like add to our arguments because of the whole human dignity thing, right? But like, might not everybody might not believe the kind of things that we do believe about as Christians? So, so that's the question, Todd. What is your argument? What, how do how do you if if you were to talk to a person who's non-religious? Yeah, that's a Cajun you, Catholic, and, and you only have like say a few, maybe a minute, like not even a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would, would say, say this: I, I think that people should decide, and it should be decided locally. And uh, and so you know the the Supreme Court decision is going to just all it will do is say the federal government did, does not have the ability to make the decisions right. that, that the state does, and then let it let let the chips fall where they right. May. But what's your argument though? Like why do you think you sh- we should be pro life and not pro choice? I think at the moment that a, a, a baby's heart beats, technology has changed, and mm-hmm. you know I don't know what people think is in that belly, but you know <laughs> when when there's a heartbeat, there's a, there's a life, and mm-hmm. uh, and that's a God that created that life. And Amen. It's that simple to me. Amen. So here's yeah. here's my argument. It's, yeah. it's called a 10 second argument. It's not mine. I didn't come up with it, but it's 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 fairly famous. 10 seconds, right? Basically, I don't know if it's exactly 10 seconds. But I'm it's jacking a, you. It's it's close. Um, if it's alive, if it's growing, then it's alive. If whatever's inside there, if you want to call it a fetus, fine. If it's a, if it's growing, then it's alive. All right. So that's the first premise. Second premise, or second point, right? Um, if it has human parents, it must be a human. Mm-hmm. So can we agree on these two things? That it's alive, it's growing, it has human parents. So if it has human parents, and it's alive and it's growing, then the third point is: isn't alive, growing humans like you and me? 
mm-hmm. worth something? Aren't they better than being uh, aborted, right? And so those are our three premises. And so yeah, you can talk to somebody and say, well, which one of these three do you not agree with? Yeah, like, do you not stuff. agree that it's alive, that it's that it's growing? Do you not believe that it's uh, human? Maybe it's like a cat or a dog or something like that. Or do you not think that it's, it's it has value? That that which is growing inside the, the all right we're going to leave it there our audience uh, needs to that's beautiful stuff write that down and pass that on you need Absolutely. to do your work as you Cajun can google Catholics. it too <laughs> and google it thank you father so much for being here today uh, we've had father brian harrington on the show just a blessing to acadiana i wish you the best and i uh, know you'll be in my prayers and i ask for yours always thank you todd all right my friend until next time god bless